This is our third session now on Colossians 1, 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Now, this whole book of Colossians is about the glories, the excellencies, the supremacy of Jesus Christ. So I'm not feeling pressure to say a lot about who this is as we pass over verse 1, but it does occur to me that I should perhaps just draw attention to these two words and uh, locate them in the New Testament for you, especially if you're newer to the Christian faith. Why, why those two words to identify Jesus and to uh, call attention to his nature, his character, who he is. So let me just do that briefly. The word Christ. Look at John 1, 41. He first found his own brother, so Simon, and uh, said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. So Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew Mashiach. Messiah. So the long-expected Jewish promised one is the Messiah, and when you see the word Christ, that's the echo. Now, I think Christ does take on the force of a personal name, just like Jesus, but it's rooted in this meaning, expected Jewish Messiah. Now, what about the word, the name Jesus? Let's go to the beginning of his life on earth. Luke 1. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. So we have the name Jesus because the angel told Mary to name her son Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High, God. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, so he will be that long-expected messianic Messiah king, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there'll be no end. So this Jesus is born to live forever. He's going to rise from the dead. He reigns in heaven today, or here's the word Jesus explained in Matthew 1, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, this is Mary's legal husband, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And then he explains further, because he will save his people from their sin, because this word in Hebrew, uh, Yeshua, is Savior. So, much more will be said, much more. This whole book is about the glory of Jesus Christ, but I wanted to say those two things about those key identifying names. He's writing to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. The word saints in common parlance in English 
so often refers to a, a special class of dead Christians. That's not at all the way uh, Paul intends it to be understood. This is a synonym for Christian. Believer on Jesus. In fact, faithful brothers in Christ is an identifier, an explanation. This and here is not, here's one group and here's another group, separate groups. This is like me writing, say, to the, when I was a pastor, writing to the elders at my church, Bethlehem, and saying, uh, dear elders and lovers of Bethlehem, and when I say, and lovers of Bethlehem, I don't mean, well, I've got two people I'm writing to. I've got the elders I'm writing to, and then there's another group, lovers of Bethlehem. I mean elders who are lovers of Bethlehem. That's the way he's talking here, to the saints, namely the faithful brothers in Christ Jesus. You can see the use of this word saint in its ordinary sense. In fact, Paul uses this more than anything else in all of his letters to refer to Christians. He never uses the word Christian, ever. Paul calls Christian saints over and over and over again. So we can see the word saint, for example, in uh, Romans 15. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. So he's taken up an offering. He's going to take money and give it to the, the saints, namely the poor. Um, for Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. These are just ordinary Christians, some of whom are poor in Jerusalem. Saints doesn't carry any high moral standing. Like, you've got to reach a certain level of Christianity in order to be a saint. You don't. If you are born again, if you're united to Christ by faith, you are a holy one. That's what saint means. You're a holy one. You are set apart for Christ. You're consecrated to him. You belong to him. That's what saint means. Or here it is in Ephesians 4. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints. So he's given these gifts to the church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. This is Christians being equipped by the pastors for the work, the ordinary work of the ministry, all Christians, all saints, equipped for ministry in the building up of the body. So that's the meaning of saints here. He's, he's writing to Christians in Colossae, the church of Colossae. He calls them brothers here to establish a, a warm family relationship, and he says that that brotherhood is in Christ. In other words, this brother family relationship between Paul and the Christians is established because they are both in Christ. You can see that, for example, down in Colossians 2, that use of union with Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, in him, rooted and built up in him. So we're rooted in Christ. We're built on the foundation of Christ, and we are united to him by the Spirit through faith. So when you, when you see brothers in Christ, you know that this 
brotherhood here is not a physical family relationship, but it is a deeper spiritual family relationship that we all have in Christ. One more pointer, Ephesians 2. But now, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, so that's us Gentiles, us latecomers to Christianity. It was born among Jewish people. It spread out to include non-Jews, Gentiles. You have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ, for through him, by the blood, through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, all the Christians. You're not a second-class group, you Gentiles who came later. You are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, and all of that is in Christ Jesus, by the blood of Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. And here's the household idea which explains this brotherhood right here. So he's writing as Paul, the apostle of Christ, Messiah, Jesus, Savior, by the will of God. Timothy is included, our brother, which is also going to be explained here, to the Christians who have been called to be holy, set apart, consecrated, devoted to Christ, and they are faithful brothers in Christ, by union with Christ, grafted into Christ like a, a branch in a vine through faith at Colossae. I'll say a word about Colossae next time. Grace to you and peace. So for now, just to clarify, saints, Christ, Jesus, brothers in Christ. It is an amazing thing to be a Christian. Almost every word carries wonders with it. So read slowly and soak your mind deeply.